top of this hour, this hasn't yet really come up on the campaign trail, but I do think it's it's obviously something that whoever the next prime minister is, is going to have to deal with. And that's the question of China. Now, we've been told to expect a, a new approach, a new China policy or kind of a reset. Uh, but but that, that never came to fruition. And so obviously there, there have been some real moments of tension. Uh, some real flashpoints, I guess, in, in the Canada-China relationship, certainly the Meng Wanzhou situation, China's retaliation. And we've seen that now, for example, with this 11-year prison sentence uh, that Michael Spavor received. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, these issues haven't gone away. You know, we've got the question of the Winter Olympics happening in Beijing and how we're going to approach that. That's a decision that's going to fall uh, to the government that comes out of this election. And, you know, the, the whole question just of China's aggression, whether it be, you know, with, with the uh, ethnic weaker minority, when it comes to Hong Kong, when it potentially comes to Taiwan. So th- there's some big issues here. So our approach to China very much matters. It's an interesting uh, op-ed in the Globe and Mail this week on how Canada needs a new engagement strategy and one that, that stands up to China's aggression. Joining us uh, to talk more about some of these issues, very pleased to welcome uh, to the program here this morning, Guy Saint-Jacques. He is uh, a senior fellow with the China Institute at the University of Alberta, in fact, served as Canada's ambassador to China between 2012 and 2016. Mr. Saint-Jacques, great to have you with us here this morning. Welcome to the program. Well, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Breckenridge, for the invitation. Well, and I think it's important to talk about these issues. I mean, look, whoever comes out of this uh, election as the next prime minister, the next government, they're going to have a lot to deal with, aren't they? Well, you're right. And in fact, uh, as you mentioned in your introduction, I've been surprised that, uh, in fact, we didn't hear more clearly from the federal government what would be the the new engagement strategy with China, because uh, I would argue that we have learned a lot in the last two years about the uh, the dark side of the foreign policy uh, pursued by uh, President Xi Jinping, either in terms of how badly the uh, onset of the pandemic was managed in Wuhan, or the ongoing genocide in Xinjiang, or the fact that they have not kept their word uh, in terms of protecting the autonomy of Hong Kong uh, for 50 years. So they, there's a lot of that has been going on. And of course, Canada has paid a uh, heavy price uh, in terms of it, uh, exports to China, especially in 2019, following the arrest of Mrs. Uh, Meng Wanzhou in Vancouver. But I think for all these reasons, we need to uh, have a, a major reset of our policy and look at China in uh, uh, the, the way that it needs to be looked at as a, a country that is going in a direction that is uh, very worrisome and that could threaten our values. It's It's been a, a weird period in terms of our China policy because we were told by the government, you know, last year, as a matter of fact, that, that we were going to reset our, our China policy and that never happened. So what, what's been the consequences? There kind of been a, a policy void here? Well, I think it's interesting to look at the evolution of our policy uh, since the uh, uh, since China arrested the uh, the two Michaels in uh, December uh, 2018. <clears throat> I would say that the first phase was uh, what I would call the uh, appeasement uh, phase where the government thought uh, that uh, by using uh, contacts and being nice that uh, common sense would prevail and that the two Michaels uh, would be freed uh, eventually. I think it was 
totally uh, not understanding uh, how authoritarian the regime in China has come uh, has become under uh, Xi Jinping. Uh, and the fact that uh, he really wants uh, China to become a superpower and he wants other countries to comply with the uh, desire and orders of, of China, uh, otherwise you will pay a heavy price. And I think the federal it took uh, quite a bit, uh, quite a, a bit of time for the federal government to realize that uh, uh, they were dealing with uh, someone that could be uh, could not be reason. Uh, and they they started to uh, to show a bit of more uh, firmness. Uh, uh, one example of this is the adoption of the uh, declaration against uh, hostage uh, taking uh, by states that was uh, adopted uh, last uh, February. Uh, the fact also that the Ukrainian parliament adopted a motion denouncing the uh, genocide in Xinjiang. But I think. Uh, we are at the stage now that we we have to do, uh, to to do a lot more, and and what I also is very interesting is despite the fact that China wants to punish us, if you look at our exports to China, in fact they increased last year by eight uh, percent. For the first uh, five months of this year, they have increased by twenty eight percent. We have been exporting a lot more uh, canola, uh, beef, and, and pork. Uh, because uh, uh, China had no choice. Uh, they were uh, faced with uh, major floods and droughts in part of the country. And since they wanted to punish uh, Australia, uh, and there are a limited number of countries where they can buy some of the, these uh, commodities uh, they bought uh, from us. And I would, say, I would argue that this gives us some leeway to have to adopt a, a, a more firm attitude uh, in our relation with China. So what does that look like in practice then? Well, I would say that uh, uh, what should be driving our approach is uh, our uh, interests and our values. Because if you look at what China has been trying to do in, in the last few years, uh, they, they have understood that um, uh, they can benefit a lot if they place a Chinese citizen as the head of a major international organization. And if you look, there are about 14 of those, including the uh, World Health uh, Organizations, and they, they have succeeded in putting four Chinese nationals, but also like at the uh, WHO, Mr. Gibere Jesus from Ethiopia. Uh, and uh, we have seen how the, uh, the, the World Health Organization uh, uh, didn't manage properly the onset of the, the pandemic because Ethiopia is a country that has very close uh, relationship with China. They have received lots of investment. The headquarters of the African Union has been built by the Chinese in Addis Ababa, the capital of Ethiopia. So we, we have something major here that is at stake in terms of our democracy, our values. We have learned also quite a bit about uh, interference activities by uh, Chinese uh, officials and diplomats in Canada. The, on, uh, on a few campuses, they have intervened to block uh, forums or conferences that were to take place to discuss the situation in places like uh, Tibet or uh, Xinjiang, threatening to uh, uh, 
got uh, the number of uh, Chinese students coming to study uh, to these uh, universities. Uh, we know also that they have been interfering uh, in the uh, uh, among uh, the uh, Chinese community in Canada. So I think for all those reasons, we have to be a lot more active to uh, 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 look at the spying activities, at interference activities. Everyone, every time we spot something, we uh, take uh, immediate action. If it's a spying, we, uh, we arrest people, or if it involves a Chinese diplomat, we should expel this person. But also in terms of the uh, future engagement, uh, we have to, uh, when we, uh, we know that on some issues, we, we have to work with China to, uh, to address uh, uh, global issues such as uh, climate change or pandemics. <clears throat> so when it's in our interest to, to work with China, we should work with them. But in other, we, we should be very attentive. You know, I am concerned, for instance, about uh, uh, research that, uh, takes place between universities on both sides. Uh, you are, I'm sure you are very familiar with this. The, the government of uh, Alberta has uh, restricted uh, uh, further uh, collaboration until there, there are more assessment that uh, is done. And, uh, you know, we have to be especially concerned in areas that involve artificial, uh, uh, artificial intelligence or robotics uh, because uh, the, these uh, technologies can be used to reinforce uh, uh, controls in uh, China. But on the other hand, obviously, we have to distinguish between Chinese leaders and Chinese citizens because there is quite a bit of grumbling uh, in some parts of China about the direction that uh, Xi Jinping is uh, giving to the country. And in terms of uh, the uh, of Canada, we have benefited a lot from uh, immigrants coming uh, from China. So in terms of people-to-people -people, uh, relation, we should remain open to Chinese immigration, to Chinese students uh, coming to Canada. The Chinese parents uh, like very much to send their kids to Canada. They know that we are a clean, uh, beautiful country that... Uh, uh, yeah, can offer a future, a good education, and, and we should try to to maintain this. But uh, yeah. I, I think at the same time, uh, the, the government, and I hope that we will hear from the new government, uh, the, the, the new government has to be a lot more clearer on how future relations will take place. And this also involves, uh, of course, working very closely with partners. And, and now that we have someone like uh, Joe Biden in the White House, I think it will be easier to work with the Americans, but also to work with other countries to take uh, common uh, approaches to resist and uh, react uh, when China acts uh, as a bully, for instance, uh, following this declaration against uh, hostage taking, I think the government should uh, work with allies to develop uh, common strategies so that uh, in the future, if China dares to do this again, uh, we would, uh, countries would immediately uh, take a similar approach, including sanctions against uh, China. Uh, and uh, China would know that uh, there's a, a price to pay uh, now that we are standing together. What about the Winter Olympics question? How do we deal with that? Well, this is a, a very tough one uh, because, uh, in fact, uh, 
Yeah, we don't want to uh, penalize our athletes, and Canada usually does very well in Winter Olympics, but we have to keep in mind that China will want to use this for uh, propaganda purposes. <clears throat> and but the, the more basic question is, when do you decide a country is uh, should uh, no longer host uh, an Olympic because of what's taking place in the country? And uh, in, in this article that uh, has been published in the Globe and Mail, I've said that Canada should work with allies, take advantage of the fact that, in fact, the, the COVID-19, uh, this uh, Delta variant is making inroads in China, and therefore we should ask that the gains be postponed and serve an ultimatum to China, uh, whereby if they don't allow <clears throat> a UN team to go to China to fully investigate the situation in Xinjiang, to confirm uh, or not that the genocide is taking place there. And if they don't agree to work uh, in a more transparent and open fashion with the World Health Organization to find the real source of the uh, pandemic uh, in Wuhan, that, in fact, uh, we will move the game to uh, another place. And there I would, I would say that... Uh, you know, Canada and the United States could join forces to offer to host the games. Uh, you know, we have facilities in Calgary. Uh, more recently, the games were held in Vancouver. So you could have part of the uh, games taking place in Vancouver and Whistler and part of the, of the game in Seattle. Uh, and I think this would send a very powerful message. So I think that the key is to stand together and to uh, to declare that uh, you know we we cannot go along with uh, uh, what's going on in China without uh, reacting. Absolutely. Well, we'll leave it there. Uh, we appreciate your input on all of this, uh, Guy. Thanks so much for making some time for us here this morning. Uh, thank you very very much again for the invitation. All the best. Uh, that is uh, Guy Saint-Jacques, a uh, former ambassador, Canada's ambassador to China from 2012 to 2016, now a senior fellow with the China Institute at the University of Alberta. So, yeah, look, I mean, the the, the current government, I think, has is, is kicked the can down the road as much as it could on, on all of these big issues. But you can only do that for so long. So we're going to have to deal with all of this coming out of this election, whoever the government is. So maybe we'll get some some conversation around this on the campaign trail. It's be good to know, I think, where, where the parties stand on some of these big questions.